Hello and welcome once again to the MNM podcast coming to you live from Moray House. This is Michael Gallagher. I'm Miles Blaney. And I'm Jeremy Knox. Jeremy is joining us for a supplemental edition of the MNM podcast. Podcast Extra. Podcast Extra. I so, giving you more for your non existent money. I uh, tried to leave the building, but they but wouldn't let me. <laughs> <there's, laughs> we have the podcast unit set up in the office, and we're going to make the most of it. So we're going to be talking very briefly today. This is not a full episode. We're talking about very briefly about automation in higher education, specifically around teacher bot. And there was a project in 2015, I think, uh, extended to maybe into 2016. I'm not 100% sure. But 2015 uh, entitled Teacher Bot, which Jeremy was a core part of. And I'm wondering, Jeremy, could you possibly speak to what that project is about? Yeah, yeah. So, if, well, firstly, it's great to hear that it's kind of continuing. So I do really want to hear about how you guys are working with it. But back in 2015, we were running a MOOC, a massive open online course on the Coursera platform. We were running it on a, a course called e-learning and digital culture. So it was a course about thinking about the cultures that are around the internet and how they might influence ways of doing education online. And we thought it would be good to experiment with having an automated agent supporting us to teach online and having, having an automated agent working in Twitter as a kind of additional teacher. Um, and I guess that was related to the idea that um, a lot of the discussion at that time was about how to teach a massive open online course, because of course you have this greater number of students than in a normal campus-based or online course. You have tens of thousands of students in our case but the number of teachers remains the same. And, you know, that's often talked about as this kind of economic solution to doing education, but there are, and there were, lots of issues involved in how you end up being able to teach large volumes of students and, and make a connection with those students and ensure their learning and, and all those sorts of things. So we wanted to try and experiment with automation in a way that would that would support us as teachers. So. We worked with a colleague from Design Informatics, uh, uh, Hadi, um, uh, here in Edinburgh, who helped us develop, uh, develop a rules-based bot. So it was a bot that had a Twitter account, and um, it, it was programmed by us as teachers to work with a simple, simple kind of programming rules, which identified um, uh, particular words within tweets that were tweeted at the bot and uh, you could program particular responses depending on what words uh, were, were found in a, in a particular tweet. So really the, the idea with, with, with the bot was to try and extend us as a, as a group of teachers and, and think about how we might be supported with automation as a kind of a, 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 an addition to us as, as human teachers. Hmm. Interesting. So, so the creation of the bot, extending you guys as teachers, you know, how did that make you feel, or was it, you know, you guys are slightly different because you're bought into already, but, you know, how do you think it, how did everybody else feel about it? Were they all like, this sounds awesome, let's do it, or is there some kind of trepidation about it as well? Well, I, I, I say extended quite deliberately because part of, it, part of the project, and we really did approach it as a research project rather than just, you know, trying to develop a bit of tech to do some teaching. We really wanted this to be research. And we wanted it to be critical of the idea that you develop automation to replace teachers, which is, you know, at that time was a kind of dominant narrative, and, you know, still is. <laughs> this kind of technological unemployment is an issue that pervades all the discussion of AI and you know, continues to do so. And we wanted to think, well, you know, are there other ways of thinking about what automation can be? It's not just an efficiency measure, 
that can allow more teaching to happen with less human teachers and, and save institutions money, but how can we work critically and creatively with the idea of automation to kind of extend what we're doing? So I think all of us, uh, and it was myself, Sean Bain, Jen Ross, Hamish McLeod, and Christine Sinclair, who were the teaching team, and I think we were all pretty positive about approaching it in that kind of critical way. And we were certainly very open with students about the fact that it was a bot. Uh, and we, were, we were aware that there are these broader cultural issues around what it might mean to communicate with an automated agent and whether that might be thought of in a negative way, particularly with students who wanted to experience engagement with us as human tutors at the University of Edinburgh. So we were very open about the fact that this was an automated agent. And, um, and in general, I think students approached it really well. They really took to it. Interesting. So it sort of contrasts a little bit against some of the, the subsequent bot projects that we've been monitoring and noticing, like the Georgia Tech Jill Watson, the, you know, the, the, the famous example from yeah. Georgia Tech with AI and Jill Watson. It was the whole idea that they were shrouding the identity of that bot as a bot. And so they were making it largely a human and revealing it, I guess, at the towards the end of the course. Yeah, so they, they, they think they had a competition as well to say, well, I think people started to gauge that it was a bot because they started asking, hey, Jill, do you want to go to the movies? <laughs> and Jill yes. was like, I can't answer that question. Yes. And then they're like, Jill, what's your favorite color? Yes. And then they, they, they cracked it. And I think every year, so every time they rerun that course, they, Jill is now renamed something else, and they have a competition to figure out what one is sure. the bot. And it's as it's simple as that. There, there are distinct. There are decisions made in the course of that project, in the course of this research, in the course of your research. It's about simple decisions about revealing or not whether or not that is a bot that have relatively profound <laughs> ethical dimensions to them, let alone it's, it's pedagogical ones. Yeah. So, because uh, I was kind of one of the things in my head that kind of sticks as well is the kind of, you know, if you say to somebody you're paying for something to get this qualification for this university, but we're going to introduce automation into it by, uh, you know, teaching or whatever tools as well. Yes. You know, it's, uh, it, you shouldn't say, well, hang on, I'm paying. I want contact time. I want mm -hmm. it personalized. And I want to speak to flesh and blood. I want to speak to somebody as well. And, you know, does that happen? And also, if, if it's all bot-driven, it's the same information, the simulation of education in a way where we're just teaching them the same things and, and you know, scared of failure like we talked about previously. And it's it's a really interesting um, space right now, but it's it throws up so many questions. It does. It does, yeah. We should probably, okay, so picking up on that, uh, there was the uh, TeacherBot Project 2015, released a paper. We picked up on parts of that for this project, which kicked off this year, 2019, um, where we wanted to revisit the subject and to see how, essentially, how things had developed and whether or not there were any new uh, developments that would allow us to, to build a little bit on the original findings of the TeacherBot Project. So I, I, positioning our project as a completely research would be, would as a research project per se, would be a little bit misleading. It's a little bit of both. There's research and its development yep. simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. It's a very close partnership between the center here and and ISG, which is Information Services Group, specifically Miles, Miles's team, which is learning, teaching, and the web. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's digital learning, applications, and media. And oh my gosh. Teaching web. It's a massive. It's a real. Long, it's a it's a ridiculous time. kind of name, really. So we're working in tandem to sort of explore this a little bit, and we realized I think the initial research when we when we kicked this off in two thousand nineteen is that essentially TeacherBot <laughs> was the end of that 
largely the end of that exper that kind of experimentation. Everything else is largely an efficient positioned as an efficiency measure. Yeah. I think it, yeah. So and so I'll ask a question. So before, so when you guys all sit around the table in 2015, 16, whatever it is, and you're saying, okay, let's look around at what else is there. Did you see anything else around at that time that you thought, oh, they're doing something very interesting? And have you seen anything since Teacher Bot that you think, oh, that's really interesting as well? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I can't remember really what. Um, can't remember about too much that was influencing us at the time. Um, I've certainly been aware of the, the Jill Watson and, and some of the other stories that have come out. And it, it, it's, a, it's a typical kind of subject that I think gets a lot of media attention. So whenever somebody employs a kind of automated teacher, you know, it gets a lot of publicity because it's seen as this very kind of controversial thing in, 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 the, in the kinds of ways you were describing. Um, and of course, you know, there was that influential um, uh, report done at Oxford around you know which jobs are more likely to be replaced oh, by yeah, automated yeah. agents or robots and so on and of course teachers were right at the far end of being uh, less likely to be replaced so I think that that wider interest I think is always going to pick up on um, people who are developing uh, bots um, I don't think we were really interested in all that much in the educational space. We were certainly pretty interested in in the bots that were on Twitter. I think that was a big kind mm. of um, a, a kind of creative influence for us. And I, you know, as lots of people say, there's probably more bots on Twitter now than humans. So you know, this is a, this is a huge area of people developing all these interesting creative bots and we have a slot on our um, IDEL course. Yeah, we should mention that as well, yeah. Um, so the, the, we have on the MS, MSc in Digital Education, the German I teach on, there is an introductory to digital environments for learning, the introductory course for the entire program, and there is a block of a week or two weeks, two weeks of activity where they actively go out and search for Twitter bots. And these aren't necessarily bots that have any direct educational function, but it's, a, it's just looking around to see uh, how these, uh, how, what roles they could possibly serve in the educational experience without having an explicit direct educational function. Well, it's, it's really interesting going back to some of the conversations about social justice as well. The more Twitter bots that are spun up around elections that are politically motivated. I think there's, I think there's an example in India or Pakistan. I think Twitter had to shut down thousands of bots that were created one day mm -hmm. that were sending the right messages you know, for, for somebody running at the time. Uh, it's, it's significant too that the Twitter just banned all political advertising, advertising yeah, at some yeah. point which presumably yeah. would have some spillover effect on on the bots functioning there quite possibly and of course facebook um has <laughs> yeah. we're going to keep keep going with it of course yeah. so yeah that shows, shows a real difference there. sits in the middle so the so the follow-on project essentially was expanding the teacher function and in that line we're basically picking up on an output from the t original teacher bot project it was sean bain's paper from 2015 and the idea of the teacher function being not just human uh, not just a human, but uh, a collection of agency surrounding the human uh, algorithms, the code, the teacher-student agency, these types of things that, that construct together to form what we like to call the teacher function. Yeah, assemblage, I think you said. Or is it? An assemblage. Assemblage. I like how you put there a little French go. twist on it. That's it. I'm Northern Irish. <laughs> so what I mean. That <laughs> seems really exotic. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a big word to Northern Irish, man. <laughs> So yeah, this these entanglements and these assemblages, you know, these assemblies of we can just make it easier, but yeah, assemblies assembly, of yeah. of uh, code and agency and teacher and teachers and students and all these different things. So we started this project earlier this year. 
It kicked off around uh, engaging with the university community, and basically the mantra of the whole thing was that whatever emerges in this space that has any relevance to the University of Edinburgh will be created by the University of Edinburgh. Yeah. So any basically, its project is uh, running a series of events all over campuses. We're trying to we've hit all three colleges. We have 15 more events still scheduled, uh, so please do come out if you if you possibly can. And it's just basically generating use cases in which we might apply a degree of automation into the larger teacher function. And some of the conversations have been uh, interesting. Some have been slightly contentious. And uh, But all of it has been generative. I mean, th the contentious bits are largely around uh, its surfacing ideas of what teaching is at the university, full stop. This idea that automation itself is uh, serving as a threat to this larger idea of what teaching is. That hasn't been the most pronounced thing. There's been a general openness to the idea that these can serve particular functions as well. And we'll be surfacing some of those use cases on this podcast and elsewhere uh, over the coming months as well as we work into prototyping. And I think we picked that up from the original TeacherBot project as well as this idea that uh, some of these ideas are con so conceptually challenging, I think it's important to put something in front of people to engage with. Yeah. I, so another question about TeacherBot is, um, so you've talked about it, so students actually used it. So students' opinions of it as well. So if they knew about it, were they, you know, were they keen for it because, or were they, were they enthusiastic because they knew it was at the time leading edge and they're like, this is really great because it's leading edge? Or were they more kind of concerned about the permutations of automation? Well, it's interesting because we didn't really do, a, we didn't really sort of fully research opinions of it. And uh, there was lots of positive responses to it on Twitter. And we also, students were also blogging as part of the course and they blogged about the bot. They called it Botty, which is quite creative, actually. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they were really enthusiastic and they, and they wrote some really great um, uh, uh, blogs and responses to it. And I think Sean uh, quoted lots of those in, in the paper and lots yeah. of those are in the public domain. Um, but of course we don't know, uh, you know, and this is the thing about doing doing that kind of research, we don't know if there were negative responses to it because those negative responses might have been just to not interact with it. So it'd be very Sorry. difficult to actually mm. surface that. Um, but certainly there, there, there was lots of um, uh, positive responses to it. And if, the thing to say really, I think about that um, research uh, project and perhaps some of the challenges that you're facing is we were in the advantage of any discussion about the bot being relevant to our course. Our course was about digital cultures. So if the students started messaging the bot and started to have conversations about what it means to talk to an automated agent, right, which they frequently did on Twitter and tried to trap it and tried to have conversations with it and tried to talk about their experiences of talking with this bot, that was already very relevant to our course. That was what we wanted them to engage with. That's a very different thing to trying to employ an, automate, an automated agent within a biology course or a history course, right? Where, the, where the, 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 there's no kind of meta reflection mm. on, on the experience or that, that w might be seen as a distraction, mm. right? So we were, we were in a, a space where um, those sorts of things and those sorts of reactions were actually very positive for what we were trying to do. Interesting. Very interesting. So we are at 15 minutes. And since this is a, a supplemental endeavor, I think we're going to wrap it up at this point. Once again, we want to thank Jeremy for taking thank the you. time to speak to us. 
Can I go home now? Yes, you can. <laughs> and uh, this is uh, signing off. This is Michael Gallagher. And Miles Blaney. And Jeremy Ellis. All right. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.